how Jairus approached Jesus. We talked about how to approach correctly. We're going to be doing the second one now where we look at what happened in in Jairus's life after um after Jesus responded to Jairus's request and went with him. Uh it, you would you would think that once you have Jesus with you everything's going to be okay. Many people think, well, you know, I've asked God now, why is everything going wrong? So I wanna, we're going to look, we're going to go back to Mark chapter 5. And I want to I wanna, uh, just remind you very briefly what we've just talked about. And then we'll move quickly into uh, the next part of this. Mark chapter 5, Jairus, his daughter was about to die. He, his, uh, literally that moment, not just days or weeks away, but that day his daughter was dying. And she was at the point of death and was was literally dying that right that moment and yet Jairus instead of sitting at his daughter's deathbed which is where everyone would be in the natural when when your daughter's dying Jairus is out looking for answers he's not giving up hope he comes to Jesus he approaches correctly uh which we studied in the in the previous video just a moment ago Jairus comes and he approaches Jesus correctly. He shows confidence in Jesus. He humbles himself. He declares that Jesus is able to help him. Uh, Lord Jesus, lay your hands upon her and she will live. He, sh- he affirms his faith verbally and his belief. So everything about Jairus' approach was correct. And, the, and then the Bible says Jesus went with him. Now you would think you would think that now if you've asked God correctly and you've asked in faith, you're believing, and and Jesus has responded. Jesus is now going with Jairus. You would think everything's going to go right now. You know, I've got Jesus with me. Uh, you know, I've asked him, and he, Jesus is on the case. And 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 for many of the other passages, that was all it took. Is that you know once Jesus got involved, everything went right. The healing, the miracle took place. Jairus, everything everything was very different for him. Even though he approached in faith and Jesus is with him, Jesus responds and starts to go towards Jairus's house. At this point, everything goes wrong. Jairus faces not one, not two, I believe about four challenges, things that stood in his way that tried to stop him getting a result. See, many times people approach God, they ask in faith, they put their confidence in God, and then we kind of think, well, you know, everything is going to go right now. I can trust God and, and it's, it's all solved. Well, yes, in the sense that Jesus, God, Jesus or God gets involved. However, sometimes things come up that try to stop you getting your result. You've got to know how to respond to those. Jairus had a number of opportunities to, 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 to shut down his miracle. See, what we've got to learn is you've got to approach God right. You've got to approach him correct, request, ask of him correctly. But after you've asked, you've still got to keep things going right. Many times, you see, this happens, you know, some, someone comes, they get, they get prayed for for healing in church on Sunday or whatever, and their hands are laid upon them and they feel this great anointing and excitement. Yes, the Lord's my healer. And then on Monday morning, they go to the doctor and the doctor says, we've got bad news for you. Your, your, your situation's gotten worse. The cancer's doubled in size. Suddenly, bad news. And the person sits in there, oh, but I asked God yesterday and I really believed and I really was convinced things were happening. Why? Why is it all going wrong? Or someone, you know, they ask God, Lord, I believe you're my provider. I thank you that you provide and that you bring in the finances. You help me to pay my bills. You're my shepherd. You take care of me. And they they boldly get excited and declare their faith. 
and, and then they're all excited about it and they think, yes, we're going to have the victory now. And then, and then everything goes wrong and their finances and they get the bill, you know, the car breaks down the next day. And, and, and the fridge breaks down as well. And the dishwasher and, 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 you know, something breaks in the house all in one day. And they get down, they get discouraged. I think, but what is going on? I asked God yesterday. I prayed. I really had my faith. I trusted God and now everything's going wrong. And I want you to see, you're not, that's not unique. That happened to Jairus. And, and we need to see how Jesus helped him. I want you to show, I'm going to show you step by step. Jesus, Jairus didn't just face one problem. He faced, I believe, about four challenges to his faith and to his trust in God. And you've got to know, not only must you approach God correctly, but you've got to continue responding correctly in the aftermath after the request. Jairus had opportunity to quit, pull out and to lose his miracle even though he had approached God correctly. So let's look here on Mark chapter 5. Now, uh, the passage we, the, we read initially was Mark chapter 5. Um, we read up to about verse 24, where it says, So Jesus went with him. Jairus has asked Jesus, and, uh, and Jesus goes with him. Willingness just says, yes, I'll go with you, responds to Jairus. And a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now I mentioned previously, and, and we see this, at this point, the passage with Jairus pauses and we have the, the account of the woman with the issue of blood. Now, you know, it's kind of sandwiched in the middle of Jairus's passage, but I don't believe that's a coincidence. And I'll explain why in a moment. Um, it's verse 25, Mark 5, 25, suddenly pauses events with Jairus and starts on with now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. And we looked at that passage last week. So right in the middle of Jairus's healing, here comes this woman with the issue of blood. And, and while Jesus is walking on the way to Jairus's house through the crowd, uh, presses this woman to get her miracle. Now, you know, I, I, I just want to remind you for a moment a little bit about Jairus. Jairus, the Bible says that his daughter was, was literally at the point of death. She was dying that day. This isn't, this wasn't a situation if she was going to die soon or, you know, she'd been diagnosed terminal and she had three months to live. That's bad. Hers was worse. She was dying that day. This man, in the natural, when a daughter is dying and literally she's at the deathbed, the doctors have said, that's it. We're switching life support off today. This is her last day. Come and say goodbye. When Jairus's daughter was dying, the one place in the natural you'd think he's going to be is sitting by her deathbed, holding her hand, crying with the family, saying his goodbyes. That's where that's where you'd be in the natural. That is how bad this situation was. He should have been sitting there holding her hand, saying, I love you, my girl. I just wish there was something we could do. And, and, and you know, and that's how you feel. Death is happening that day. And instead, Jairus is out looking for an answer. He goes to Jesus instead. And in fact, his daughter dies while he's away. He misses the death of his daughter. And, and can, I mean, if this had gone wrong, can you imagine the regret he would have felt? He would have, uh, and we'll talk about that later on. He would have thought, I should have been there. But instead, he's, he's, he's getting Jesus on the case because, and he believes I've got the answer. He says to Jesus, you touch her, she'll live. And, um, but suddenly, in the urgency of this situation, Jairus does not have three hours. He doesn't have 20 minutes. This is an urgent situation. This, is, this healing's got to happen now because this death is happening right now. How do you think this man felt when or was tempted to feel 
when when the woman with the issue of blood interrupted his miracle. Now, people sometimes don't realize this, but that is the first thing that went wrong. Jairus thinks he's going with Jesus. Jesus is with me. We got my miracle. And and thank you, thank you, Jesus. I know I'm in faith. I'm believing that Jesus is going to heal my daughter and she's going to live. And then all of a sudden, Jesus stops. And he starts talking with the to the woman with the issue of blood. Now, we don't really hear what happens to Jairus at that point. But I, I, if this was you or me, I can tell you what we'd probably would be thinking. We'd be looking at our watch saying, woman, why are you interrupting? Jesus is with me right now. He's coming to fix my situation. Yours isn't as urgent as mine. How about you wait in line? And how about you try to touch Jesus and talk to him after my, my daughter's been healed? So the first challenge that Jairus faced was a delay. Things got delayed. Right at the moment, he couldn't, he couldn't afford a delay. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you need an answer right now. You need a result right now. You can't afford a delay. There is no time for any delays. And what happens? A delay. <laughs> How many of you have ever, you've been rushing to get somewhere and you, you know, you're late for an appointment and you're stressed and you're trying to get there and suddenly there's traffic in front of you and you, and, and, and you can't get there in time. I don't know, you know, that's, that's the kind of situation you start to feel frustrated in. So Jairus, obstacle number one to his answer, to his result was a delay. Suddenly Jesus is going with him. His daughter is right on her deathbed. She could die at any moment as far as he knows. And suddenly the woman with the issue of blood interrupts things. And Jesus' journey to Jairus' house is paused. Now, if I was Jairus, I'd probably be getting a bit upset. If you were Jairus, you'd probably be getting a bit upset. Now, the fact that Jairus says nothing, there's no comment from Jairus at all, tells me that, that, that he's not getting impatient. He's not reacting wrong. Now, you know, this is the first thing. Sometimes the things that go wrong is that your answer gets delayed. Things take a little bit longer than you, than you thought they were. Now, delays in the Bible are an interesting thing. Uh, I, this isn't in my notes, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this in here. Delays are very interesting. What do you do when things take a little bit longer? What do you do when there's a delay? Now, in the Old Testament, Moses went up the mountain. He went up on the, on, onto Mount Sinai. And while he was in the glory of God, Moses is in the glory of God. Things are going great. And the Bible says this. It says, while Moses delayed coming down the mountain, the children of Israel started to get restless. They started, they, they started to get impatient. Where's this Moses? He's, he's been gone 40 days. Now, we all focus on Moses is in the glory for 40 days. Wow, I'd love to be in the glory cloud for 40 days. But down the mountain, these people start getting restless. And because Moses is taking longer to come down than they expected, they've been sitting there camped for 40 days. They're getting bored. Things are taking longer. They want to get to their promised land. Come on, Moses, what are you doing here? Why? Come on, let's get a move on. And you know what they started to do? They decided, let's make our own God. And they made a golden calf. And, and that whole passage starts with, while Moses delayed coming down the mountain. See, just because things took a little bit longer, they started getting their eyes off God. They made an idol and they almost really got themselves in a mess. There's other times delays in the Bible cause problems. What, what happened when, when uh, God promised Abraham and Sarai a, a child? 
and it seemed to take a little bit longer than they would have liked. Well, one day, Sarah came to Abraham and said, you know what, Abraham, we need to help things along a little bit here. I, I, you know, I've got this handmaiden, Hagar. Why don't you take her and have a baby with her? <laughs> I, I think most guys would love to hear that from their wives. Okay. But he, Sarah's offering his hand, her handmaiden to Abraham. She says, go, go have a baby with her. And I don't see Abraham resisting at all. He's, oh, okay, fine. Let's do it. You know. And because they, because things were taking a little bit longer, they tried to make it happen themselves. And many times, just because when things take a bit longer, when there's a delay in the healing, when there's a delay in the answered prayers, we start getting our attention off God and we start getting our attention back onto ourselves. And we say, I need to help God along. I need to make this happen. And our flesh gets involved and our flesh pulls us right off our confidence in God. And we try to become our own solution. That's what Abraham and Sarah and Hagar did. In a sense, she was the innocent one in this. She just got pulled into it all. But Abraham and Sarah tried to make their own solution happen. And there's another time in the Bible a delay happened. Uh, uh, King Saul. King Saul was waiting for Samuel, the prophet, to come and do a sacrifice. And uh, the Bible says that Samuel didn't show up at the time he was supposed to show up. And so Saul got impatient. Saul decided... I don't have time to sit and wait for the prophet. I'm the king. I shouldn't be waiting around for the prophet. So because there was a delay, Saul decided he would do the sacrifice himself. Now, God had not authorized the king to do the sacrifices. That was the job of the prophet and the priest. It was not his job. But Saul decided once again to take matters into his own hands. And he stepped into the role of the prophet. He did what Samuel was supposed to do. And he, and, and he, he did the sacrifices. You know what happened? God right after that said, I regret making you king. And I'm taking this kingdom away from you. Right there, Saul lost the kingdom. And from that point forward, everything went down in, downhill in his life. To the point he became demon possessed. Okay, it all started with impatience over a delay. So the children of Israel, Moses took longer. What did they decide to do? They decided to take matters into their own hands and make their own God. As Abraham and Sarah, things took a little bit longer. There was a delay. They decided to put take things into their own hands and make their own child. King Saul, there was a delay. He decided to take matters into his own hands and he decided, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And he lost the kingdom. See, this is, this is the thing. Sometimes when there's a delay and things take a little bit longer, after you have approached God, you've done everything right, you've declared in faith, I believe you're my healer, and then there's a little bit of a delay and things take a little bit longer for a result, people start to pull out in faith and they start to t- stop depending upon God and start depending upon themselves and say, well, I'm going to have to be my solution. I don't have, this is urgent. God doesn't seem to understand how urgent this is. He doesn't realize that this is what Jairus could have done. Jairus could have said, I'm, I'm, I've had enough. You know, my daughter's dying right now. I don't have time to wait for Jesus. And he could have got upset with that woman with the issue of blood. Just because of things got delayed. I want to tell you something, people. We need to, we need to know how to handle delays. Delays becomes the, one of the first obstacles to, to you receiving your miracle. 
when things don't happen quick, as quick as you think they should, and we start depending on upon ourselves and stop depending upon God. That's the first thing that went wrong for Jairus. Jesus is going with him, and suddenly the woman with the issue of blood interrupts it. Now, it was good for her. She had a miracle. It was not good for Jairus. He had to stand there and wait. And in fact, you could easily say that what happened next, one of his next delays happened because, sorry, one of his next problems happened because of the delay. His daughter actually died. We're going to look at that. She wasn't just about to die. In that period of time of delay, his daughter actually died. Can you imagine how upset he could have gone? How how offended? How angry? He could have gotten so in the flesh, he could have started screaming and yelling and shouting at that woman with the issue of blood and started blaming her for the fact that he didn't get his result. But Jairus didn't do any of that. Uh, the fact that he, it's, it's absent and it's quiet, it shows that he, 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 he continued in his humility. We saw humility at the start of this passage. He didn't pull out. The Bible says we inherit the promises through faith and patience. Okay, and um, in fact, uh, some of you, I don't know if some of you missed the first teaching. I'm doing two teachings tonight. The first one was how to approach God. And in that series, in that teaching, we looked at the first part of Jairus. And, and I also, in that teaching, I referred to a passage in Hebrews chapter 10. And I'm going to refer to it again in this teaching because it continues on. So please, I, if you haven't watched the first one, please watch these two together because they this passage in Hebrews 10 goes together, what I've taught in the two sessions. But Hebrews chapter 10, from verse 19 up to 23, shows us how to approach God. It lays out the biblical protocol that of the, the factors that are involved in approaching God. And that Jairus did all of that right. He approached God correctly. Now, what happens is a little bit further on in Hebrews 10, it actually shows some of what to do next after you've approached. So if we just go there quickly, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 32. Now, as I said, from verse 19 to 23, it, it talks about how to come to God, how to approach God. Verse 32 then shows what to do next after you've approached God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32 says, but recall the former days in which, now I've underlined the next word, after you were illuminated, you endured. After you were illuminated, illuminated means you got the revelation and it, it relates to the things that have been said earlier in the passage, the context of coming to God boldly by the blood of Jesus. Now it's talking about after, what happens next? After you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings. You would think that after you were illuminated, after you got the revelation, everything's going to go right. No. <laughs> after you were illuminated, what happened? You had to endure some struggle and sufferings. In other words, some challenges. Okay. And you endured. Endurance. Endurance is a biblical message. Endurance is about sticking the path. It's about staying on track when everything's trying to pull you off track. I don't know if any of you have ever run a race, but a long distance race. I was never a fan of cross country and long distance running, but you know, you have to have some endurance when you when you um when you when you're running. I go to the gym and I get bored on those running machines. And I start to run for about three minutes and I think, oh, I've had enough of this. I'm bored with this. I've got very little endurance with running. Now swimming, great. I can I can swim greater distances, but you see, one of the reasons a lot of people do not get their miracles, they've got no endurance. They ask, they pray, but then things go wrong the next day or a few days later and they just give up. They just pull out. They, they, they stop running that race. So Hebrews 10, it says, after you've, you were illuminated, you endured 
the great struggle uh, uh, with sufferings. Um, verse 33 and 4 just kind of goes into those, the, the, the reproaches, the tribulations. They have compassion on Paul. Verse 35 is where I want to pick up. Verse 35 says this, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Now, this, this in context, this, this all started in, in verse 19, where it talked about coming boldness to enter the holiest, approaching God, drawing near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. That's what it says in verse 22. And it's talked about our approach coming before God in faith. Now it's talking about afterwards. What happens afterwards? It says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Cast away means throw it away. Give in, give up. Okay? This is what happens. A lot of times when, when, when people take their stand in faith and things go wrong afterwards, they, they throw away their faith stand. They give up. They get disheartened. They get discouraged. They think, oh, but I, I thought God was going to move, but uh, you know, I was wrong. And they get in the flesh, things get delayed, and they start to take matters into their own hands. The Bible is saying, yeah, don't cast away your confidence. Don't throw it away. Now, why would the Bible tell you don't cast away your confidence if you were not going to be tempted to cast away your confidence? If there was never going to be a temptation to throw your confidence away, God wouldn't have to say, don't do it. Okay? You don't tell your children, don't go running down along the moon because it's never going to happen. They're not going to be running around the moon. You tell them, don't go running in the street because that might happen. When God says, do not cast away your confidence. That's because it's very. There's, there's going to be a temptation to cast away your confidence. This could happen. You throw it. Throw in the towel. Give up. Verse thirty six. For you have need of endurance. After you've approached God correctly, the Bible then says you need endurance. And it says this. And again, the timing is important in these words. It says, for you have need of endurance. Hebrews ten verse thirty six. So that now notice this. After you have done the will of God. In other words, you've done it right. You've done the will of God. You've approached correctly. Afterwards, you need endurance. Okay. And it says, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Now, why do you need endurance? You need endurance because there's things that are going to try and make you quit. Is there going to things that are going to try and cause you to throw your faith stand in things? Sometimes you pray, you ask God, you trust, you, you, have confidence in God and everything gets worse the next day. Doctors tell you the cancer's doubled in size. The bills, you know, like I said, your car breaks down. You trust God for finances and then suddenly your car breaks down the next day and everything breaks in the house. And now suddenly, yesterday you were praying God and you needed 200 pounds. Now you need 1,500 pounds. And you think, what happened? I was trusting God. You need endurance with your faith. You need to stick the course. You need to stand your ground and not cast away your confidence. Now, verse 37 continues on. It says, for yet a little while. It's talking timing again. Yeah, it's just talked about after you've done the will of God. And now it says, <coughs> excuse me, let yet a little while. There's a timing going on here, a process of events. For yet a little while and he is coming. He who is coming will come and will not tarry. Okay, just a little while. It's not going to, he's not going to tarry. And it's not going to delay permanently. It's coming. Verse 38, now the just shall live by faith. Now, I love the next, the next phrase. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. He's just told you, don't throw in the towel. You need endurance. Don't draw back. 
After you've stepped down, you've done the will of God. Do not draw back. And then he says this, that God says, my soul has no pleasure in people who draw back, pull away. They step out in faith, say, God, you're my provider. I'm trusting you. And then suddenly things go wrong and they give up and they say, oh, well, I thought God was going to provide, but clearly not. They've drawn back. They've pulled back from their, their, their stand in dependence upon God. Drawing back means quitting, giving up. The NIV says shrinking back, shrinking back like that. And does God like it when people pull back and shrink back and, and give, up, give up their confidence? No, notice what it says. My soul has no pleasure in him. God's, God's not impressed with it. It doesn't please him. Now, verse 39 says, for we are not of those who draw back. We are not of those who draw back. In other words, I am not going to be the one who draws back. This is the Bible encouraging. He says, do not be in the drawing back crowd. Uh, you, you, wherever you are right now, if you're listening to this, you in your bedroom, whatever, saying, I am not going to be the one that draws back. I am not going to be the one who throws in the towel and quits on my stand on the word of God and my trust and my confidence in God. I'm going to reaffirm this. I am not of those who draw back. I'm telling you right now, I am not of those who draw back. He says this, we are not of those who draw back. And then it, the next word, it says to perdition. In other words, you draw, you draw back from confidence of God, but you draw to perdition. The word perdition, the, 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 NI, the, the New King James has a footnote of what that word means. It's translated perdition and it means de, de, to destroyed or destruction. And the NIV actually says that. It says who draw back and are destroyed. See, when you throw in the towel, when you quit on your faith stand, you're not turning back to something better. You're turning into destruction. Okay, there, don't, don't pull back. Don't give up. There's no other hope anywhere else, people. There's no other hope outside of God. If you pull back on your confidence in God, you are not going to, you're not pulling back into something better. You're pulling back into something worse. The Bible says those who draw back, draw back to perdition, to destruction. Okay? And says we are not of those who draw back to destruction, but we are those or of those who believe to the saving of the soul. What happens when you endure and you hold fast to your confidence and you keep believing? It says then you reach that point of salvation and the saving, it could include healing, anything like that. So this passage lays out, what do you do after you take your stand? You don't draw back. You hold on to your confidence. Now, let's go back to Jairus, because this is the passage we're looking at in um, Mark chapter 5. Jairus takes his faith stand. He expresses confidence in Jesus. His daughter's about to die, and yet he's with Jesus, humbling, worshipping, declaring Jesus, she'll live if you just come and touch her. Jesus goes with Jairus. They're walking on the way and Jairus is probably thinking, yes, I've got my answer. Jesus is with me. And then suddenly a delay happens. The woman with the issue of blood interrupts things. Jesus stops. And I'm sure that Jesus, Jairus was probably, uh, Jairus, Jesus, Jairus, Jairus, Jairus was tempted to probably think, no, I don't need a delay right now. This is an urgent situation. I really need Jesus to keep moving. Come on, Jesus, keep moving. Another step, Jesus, Go. And yet Jesus says, it's all right, I'm going to minister here to this woman. And he has a conversation with the woman. So the first obstacle for Jairus was a delay. Okay, Don't take matters into your own hands and don't draw back when there's a delay. You keep your stand going. 
Now, the second obstacle is kind of still related to the woman with the issue of blood. And we, are, we might not quite think about this. I believe not only did a delay happen through the, 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 through the woman with the issue of blood, this is a little bit more potentially serious than this. Because who was Jairus? We've already seen at the start of the passage, Jairus was the ruler of the synagogue. He was he, one of the rulers. He was one of the religious leaders in that community. Now, under the Jewish law, this woman shouldn't have been in public. This woman should not have been in public. And the one man who could enforce the Jewish law and have her stoned to death was Jairus. Jairus' second, not only did he face a delay, he faced an opportunity to get offended. He had every right to demand this woman get stoned for being in public. He could have got so annoyed and angry and frustrated. And, and, and he, if he got offended, if he got in the flesh, it would have distracted him from his answer and from his result. You know what would have happened? His daughter would have died and would have stayed dead. Okay? So two, two obstacles came through the woman with the issue of blood. One, the delay. Two, the opportunity to get offended. Now, let's look at the third one. So finally... The woman of the issue of blood's got a miracle. She's out of the way. And Jesus continues on the path with Jairus. So Jairus is probably thinking, oh, glad we got that delay out of the way. Let's go. Come on, let's go. Let's get to my house now. You, my daughter's dying. Now, Mark chapter 5, verse 35 says here, while he was still speaking. In other words, actually, I mean, I kind of animated and said, now they're back on the journey. They're not even back on the journey yet. Jesus just finishes talking to the woman with the issue of blood. And he's about to take his next step. And the next problem hits Jairus. Problem number three now. First, a delay. Second, an opportunity to get offended. And now suddenly the third thing goes wrong. What is that? Well, let's read it. While Jesus, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Now, this, this, not, things got worse. This is what I said. This is why I started with this teaching. Here's Jairus. He's got Jesus with him. They're going to the house. Jairus has his answer with him. You would think if Jesus is with me, everything's going to be all right. No. Everything gets worse. <laughs> Jairus, his daughter goes from about to die to dead. Doesn't get worse than that. Again, imagine this man. This man's a father. The passage we saw in Luke said this was his only daughter. She's 12 years old. Inst this man had made a choice. Instead of sitting by his daughter's deathbed saying goodbye to her, he went to Jesus instead. And while he's out of the room, out of her, while she's in her deathbed, she dies. Again, any fathers out there, how would you feel if you missed your daughter's death? I mean, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want your daughter to die. But how would you feel if she's dying and you couldn't get there on time? You weren't around when it happened. How would this man suddenly feel now that now he's told she's dead now? Imagine the emotions that probably hit this guy. This is a real guy. He's just like you or me. He's, he's a person just being given the, the news that his daughter has died. And, and, and now the grief hits him, the pain, the, 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 probably tears probably swelled up in his eyes. And, and his mind told him what I've tried to get Jesus here didn't work. It's too late. She's dead. And, and not only that, regret. 
regret. This man he immediately thought, probably started going through his head, his head, I should have been there, not here. Regret, fear, all these negative emotions probably started to hit this man. That's what would happen to any normal person who's just been told his daughter's died and he wasn't there. Okay? Despite the fact that Jesus has with him, things got worse. And this is, this is, this is again, this is another opportunity where people have attempted to pull out. See, they take their faith stand. They stand in faith. They declare, God, you're my healer. You're my provider. I thank you, Lord, that you're coming through for me. I thank you, Father God, that things are going to go right for me. And there's a miracle's going to happen in my life. And they boldly stand up in faith. And then suddenly things get worse. Suddenly everything breaks down. <clears throat> they go from having 200 pound bill to having 1500 pound bill and, or or they or they go to the doctor and the doctor said i've got bad news for you this is even worse than we thought it, and, 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 and 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 they and immediately the the bad news this was Jairus's third obstacle his first obstacle was a delay his second obstacle was an opportunity to get offended his third obstacle was bad news bad news everything said went in the opposite direction to what he was trusting Jesus for and bad news getting a bad doctor's report getting bad news this is where people get discouraged this is where people get disillusioned this is where people begin to think but I trusted God why I I prayed I was really believing God and now suddenly it's got worse it's gone wrong now Remember what we read in Hebrews 10. This says, do not cast away your confidence. Don't draw back. Do not draw back from your faith. Do not draw back from your stand on the word of God. This is not the time to suddenly, to allow discouragement to settle. This is the time to reaffirm, God, your word said, and I'm putting my confidence in you. This is the time to draw more into God, not away from him. Many people have backed off the truths of the word of God because things didn't quite go right and they've got discouraged. I want to tell you tonight, some of you need to pick some things back up. And you need to pick up your, your stand on the word of God in some areas and not allow that discouragement. Just It might have been a longer battle than you expected, but the word of God works. And what God has said works. Do not draw back from the truths that God has put into your life. Okay? And, 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 and this is not the time to pull back from them. This is the time to reaffirm them and stand stronger on them. And, and, and uh, I, I, believe, I believe that'll help some of you out there. When, when things get worse, it's not the time to pull out on the word of God and to get discouraged. That's the, that's the point to drive in even harder and say, I believe these truths. I know this is in the word of God and I know God is true. This is the time to become more dependent upon upon. More dependent upon God, not less dependent upon him. See, bad news, it's designed to create fear, panic, worry, concern, disillusionment, discouragement. That's what bad news is designed to do. And that's why the enemy uses these things. And people, a lot of people lose their victory. They lose their results because after trusting God, things go wrong. And they lose it because they give up at that point. Notice this when J notice thank thankfully Jairus had Jesus standing right next to him and Jesus Jesus did not would not allow that bad news to pull Jairus out of it when when Jairus got the bad news that his daughter is dead and 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 not only is it bad news but the person who delivered the news even says don't bother Jesus anymore why are you troubling him anymore he tries to talk Jairus out of it notice what Jesus does in Mark. Uh, chapter 5 verse 36 as soon as Jesus heard that the word that was spoken 
Jesus, this is, Jesus jumps right in there. As soon as Jesus heard that, he did not, he was not going to allow that bad news to get the better of Jairus. As soon as Jesus heard it, um, it says in Mark, immediately Jesus jumps in. And he says, it says, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus, do not be afraid, only believe. Now we could teach on fear right here, and there's a good message right there. But I want, but 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 I want you to see what Jesus is saying. I believe Jesus is saying this: Jairus, don't pull out on me, don't draw back, don't pull back, don't give up. You have declared that if I will come to your house, your daughter will live. That's what Jairus had said at the start of the passage. You come with me, my daughter will live. And right here, Jairus had an opportunity to quit on that, to to, to go against that. And Jesus says, don't pull out on me, Jairus. Now, why would Jesus say to him, do not be afraid, only believe, keep believing, keep standing. I believe it's because of this. I believe within what Jesus said, Jesus is saying, Jairus, if you pull out on me now, I can't go on the rest of this journey with you. This is over if you pull out. I'm with you right now. I'm walking this path. You've got your answer. Jesus is walking with you. You've prayed in faith. You're taking that stand. And now the bad news comes along. And Jesus says to Jairus, don't pull out on me. You quit on me now. You lose it. And I can't complete this journey with you. Jesus is pulling Jairus back. He says, keep your focus. Let's walk us. keep, keep, Keep holding on, Jairus. I love I love what says what what it says. In fact, let, let me just quickly find the rest of it because I don't have the full passage in front of me. Um, Mark chapter five, verse. I want to see everything that Jesus said. Hold on, let me just find where this was. Uh, Mark chapter five. Why trouble the teacher any further? I have lost it because Jesus said something else there. Anyway, okay. You have you need to realize this. When bad news comes, you've got it. It's up to you how you respond to it. It's up to you. You choose. You choose whether you respond out of your flesh. You you choose whether you respond out of your fear and out of your discouragement. Or you choose whether you respond out of continued faith in God and in the word of God. And where you respond from will make all the difference. If you choose to give in to that bad news. And if you let bad news pull you out of faith and pull your eyes off of the word of God. You can lose your miracle right there. Every one of these obstacles Everything, when things go wrong after you've taken a stand on the word of God, every one of those obstacles are designed to, to stop you getting your result. They're designed to stand in your way and to, to, to stop your result. If you get your attention off of God at that point, off of the word of God, off of your confidence in God at that point, you can lose it right there. And uh, you've, got to ma- you've got to make a decision. Okay, so each of these obstacles. Now, notice this. Let's see what the next obstacle is that happens because it's not quite over yet. Jairus, notice what starts to happen here. The first thing, Jairus had a delay. The second thing, he had the opportunity to get offended at this woman. The third thing is he got things got worse. Bad news that that were completely opposite to his stand in faith in in Jesus. Now, notice in Mark chapter Mark chapter five verse thirty seven what happens next. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. What is what does Jesus do right here? They've got a whole crowd 
And that this is the crowd. The woman with the issue of blood is pressed through. There's a crowd around Jesus. They're thronging Jesus. They're all going to Jairus's house. And when Jairus gets that bad news, your daughter is dead. Jesus take. Not only does he say to Jairus, "Don't pull out on me." Jesus does something else. He reduces the size of the crowd, and he says, "Nobody else. The rest of you stop." Why? Yeah. How many of you? You know, when when you get told. <laughs> I mean, hopefully no one's ever been told this, but, but you know, just imagine it. If someone comes to you and says, you know, your daughter's just died. And, and, and what, what is the normal response of other people around you? They're going to sympathize. They're going to start, oh, I'm so sorry. And there's going to be the well-wishers who are going to start saying, oh, man, I was really hoping Jesus would do it this time. Oh, man, it, it looks like, you know, it just looked like you were going to get your miracle, Jairus. And, and now, look, everything's gone wrong. And I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry your daughter actually died. We were really rooting for you here, Jairus. What would have happened in that crowd would have been all the unbelievers, all of the well-wishers. See, not everybody, every crowd around Jesus was filled with people in faith. We know that from the woman with the issue of blood, because this is the same crowd where not one of them had touched Jesus and got healed. The woman with the issue of blood was the only one who touched him and got healed. She's the only one in that whole crowd who had any faith. And this is the crowd that's now surrounding Jairus. And I believe there were going to be some well-wishers around there who were just going to say, oh, poor you, Jairus. Oh, Jairus, we sympathize for the loss of your daughter. What would have happened at that point? This is, this is where you need to realize other people's unbelief can pull you down. Jairus did not need another problem. He did not need another obstacle. Jesus reduced the size of that crowd to make sure that only the, that Jairus could stay focused and not start getting pulled off by the people. And it's not the first, it's not the only time Jesus did it. He does, he does it a little bit later in the passage. Sometimes the less people you have, put it this way, sometimes you have to lower or lessen the amount of people that you're listening to. When you're trusting God for something, the last thing you need is other people speaking doubt, other people speaking death, other people, well-wishers, well-meaning, sincere, genuine people, but just ignorant people who don't know the word of God. Don't know. You, sometimes you need to, if you're, if you're in a battle and, and it's, it's like Jairus, this is being a real tough one and things are going wrong. Sometimes you've got to surround yourself with people who are going to speak faith into you, going to hold you, hold you up, lift you up in your stand with God, not pull you down in it. Last thing you need when you're really trying to stand God, you know, this is the thing. These people believe in God for healing and they've taken a stand. They've trusted God. And now suddenly the healing doesn't happen as quickly as they expected. It's delayed. Things get worse. The doctor said it's got worse. And the next thing you know, along comes somebody along who says, oh, you know, God doesn't always heal everybody. And all oh, that faith stuff doesn't always work. And they start speaking that to this person. And that person is already in a frame of mind where they're feeling discouraged because things haven't happened quickly. And this is where they start to listen to other people on the subject instead of listening to what God said. See, other people's unbelief <coughs> can pull you down and pull you out of your faith, of your, of your trust in God. And this is where Jesus narrowed down the size of the crowd and he's permitted nobody else to follow him. He said, the rest of the crowd, you're stopping. This is now a serious situation. We cannot have Jairus surrounded by well-wishing people speaking doubt into him. He reduced the size of that crowd. Other people can pull you down. And, and, and if you, Jesus said, we're going to walk the rest of this way just with a small group of people who are not going to pull Jairus out of faith. So then they come to the house, verse 38. 
Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. Now here's the next challenge. Not only has Jairus had the news that his daughter has died, now he is right at his house and all he sees is death. All he sees, everything in front of him. He's got grieving, wailing people. Ah, she's dead, crying. The pain, the grief. It's one thing to be hear the news that, that your daughter's died. I mean, that would have been rough enough. Now, everything in front of him, all he can see. This is it. This is it. This is the next obstacle Jairus faced. This is where everything his eyes told him was opposite to the stand that he had taken with Jesus. Everything he saw. And he's surrounded by people who are crying. He visibly sees his daughter dead and the grief going on around him. See, Jairus didn't just have one challenge. He had a delay. He had the opportunity to get offended. He had, he had, the situation got worse, bad news. And then he got all the people around him who were going to be well wishes and talk doubt and death to him. And then everything with his eyes that he saw showed him that the situation was worse. Notice what Jesus does again here. Jesus, Jesus, notice Jesus' attitude. Jesus has not given up. Jesus has already said to Jairus, stick with me, Jairus. This isn't over yet. Don't pull out on me yet. As Hebrews says, do not draw back. Do not cast away your confidence. It's got a reward to it. If you pull back, you pull back to destruction. What you need to do is hold on and stick yourself to the word of God, even when things are going wrong. And, and you will see your result. And so notice this. Verse 38, that everyone's crying. Jairus is face to face with his challenge. Everything he can see now is contrary to his trust in Jesus. Everything that Jairus could see was that there was no hope. Verse 39, when, when he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child's not dead, but sleeping. This is Jesus. This is Jesus hasn't quit. He hasn't said, oh, she's dead. It's all over. No, you need to realize this. Just because you think it's all over doesn't mean God's given up on that yet. Jesus is not given up yet. He says, well, what, what's all this commotion about? She's just sleeping. In fact, people began to mock him and they ridiculed him because of it. Okay. I love the passage with Lazarus. One, one time I'll do a teaching on Lazarus being raised from the dead. But one of the things I talk about in that passage is how everybody else, when Lazarus died, they rolled the stone in front of his tomb. And one of the first things Jesus said when he got there is take that stone away. That stone in front of Lazarus's tomb represented finality. It represented our attitude when we said it's over. It's over. I, God can't do anything now. It's over. Lazarus is dead. That's the end. And just because you think it's the end doesn't mean it is. <clears throat> That's why Jesus said, why are you all fussing? It's not over yet. I'm here. Okay. Don't, don't, if you've taken a stand in faith, don't get into that attitude. Everything's over. It's all final. No, if you're trusting God, there's still a, there's still a solution. And verse 40, they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered while the child was lying. Notice here, this is the second time Jesus reduces the crowd. Jesus will not have all those wailing, crying people filling Jairus's attention with death. He reduces the size of the crowd a second time here. He only takes the father and the mother 
and they go into where the child is lying. <clears throat> and now, finally, now that every obstacle, Jairus has worked his way through every challenge and everything going wrong. Now, finally, Jesus is with his daughter. In verse 40, 41, he took the daughter, uh, the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumai, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl arose and walked, for she, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. He got his miracle. Why did he get his miracle? Because he didn't let the challenges and the obstacles get in the way. Now, as I said, I've done two teachings tonight. We've studied part one and part B of uh, part A and part B or part one and part two of Jairus in Mark five. In the first one, we saw how Jairus approached Jesus correctly. And we learned about the way to approach God and, and the way to ask him, verbalize your faith. But in the second one, we've looked at the fact that just because you approach right and just because Jesus is on the case doesn't mean everything is going to suddenly go right. Sometimes everything happens opposite to your faith and, and your stand in God. Sometimes the situation got worse. You know, I had a battle a few years ago, some things and, 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 and I was trusting God for results, trusting God. And every time I trust God and, and things just kept getting worse and worse and worse. It got as bad as it could get in that particular situation. And this is a battle that lasted a few years and I was trusting God and it just, you know, I'd skim through one thing and then the next thing would be even worse. But you know what? I just kept holding on to God. I kept saying, God, I know, I know you are the God who comes through for me. I didn't cast away my confidence and, 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 and God came through for me and got the, got the solution, got the breakthrough, won that battle. Okay. So approach God correctly, but after you have approached him don't let anything pull you off your confidence in God. Don't throw your confidence in God away. No matter who tries to speak contrary, no matter who tries to say it's not working, no matter what goes wrong, no matter what bad news you get, you keep your stand on the word of God true. And then you get that result. That's what happened with, with this man. He got, his, he got his daughter back. And that's what this all mattered. And that's what this was all about. Didn't really matter if the, if the crowds were upset with Jesus. He got his miracle. Amen. So I hope you've enjoyed this tonight. And I appreciate you watching. If you didn't watch the first one, please watch that. I did 